Hey everybody and welcome to Well Said, the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill's podcast where we talk with students, faculty, and staff about what's going on on campus and around the world. And today we're talking about robots and minds with Kurt Gray, an assistant professor of psychology and neuroscience. As technology advances and robots are more integrated in daily life, it leads us to some new questions about robots. Are they still just tools now, or are they something more? And if they are something more, do we interact with them differently? And do they maybe get rights the same way that humans do? And a lot of times, these conversations come back to the question of, do robots have minds? So let's start there today. And what is a mind? What do we really mean when we use that term? Yeah, so mind is pretty ambiguous. Some people think it just means brain, but... It's certainly more than that, right? It's something that makes you who you are. It's your feelings. It's your emotions and your thoughts. I think a good way to think about it is it's what it's like to be you, right? It's the view from the inside. How do we as humans decide what has a mind? Yeah, it's hard to know, right? Because mind is something you kind of know by actually having one, it's hard to know if other people or animals or machines even have one even right now you could tell me that you have a mind you can tell me that you have emotions but it's not clear to me that you do it's it's really up for me to kind of perceive it in you is there any criteria that decides that something has a mind it's pretty easy with humans i can tell that you have a mind like you said but what about something that's a little bit more complicated like my dog what makes me think that she has a mind There are criteria. So if you can answer math problems, if you can have a conversation. So traditionally, one big criteria for determining whether something had a mind is whether it could talk to you. If I ask you a question and you answer back, then you have a mind. And so this is what makes it hard with animals, right? I ask my dog, are you feeling happy today? He doesn't say, yes, I am. Right? He just wags his tail, and that's left for me to kind of infer that maybe he's happy. But it's really about an inference. Some of that criteria, like talking back to me or solving a math problem, is something that robots can do today. So how do we differentiate mind and, I guess, programming? Or what somebody might call a robot mind? That's an interesting question. So it's certainly getting a lot harder to differentiate. It used to be that robots could only do things like clean up your floors like a Roomba, right? But now you've got chatbot online that can respond back to you. And so one way that we try to do it is by asking questions about emotion, right? So Watson, the computer that played Jeopardy, is really good at knowing all sorts of facts. But if you say, Watson, what's it like to be you? How does it feel to fall in love? What's a sunset look like to you, right? It would probably fail. And so we try to use those kind of emotion type questions to determine human from robot. So then this ability to feel things and have emotions is really important when deciding if something has a mind. Right. Even though minds are both kind of thinking and feeling, we have this tendency to really think about minds in terms of feeling, right? So you could be, right, the world's smartest person, but if you don't have the capacity to kind of understand love, uh, then we wouldn't really think of you as having a mind like most humans. I think the most interesting question is whether people will feel that it's reasonable to start dating and marrying robots. I think that's the kind of the key example. The dating is certainly uh, an interesting question. And, And whether you think, you know, let's say your robot gets old, can you throw it out and buy a newer model? 
right? Certainly it's hard to do that with your actual husband or wife, but maybe for robots it's okay, you love them, but you just get the next new model. It's hard to say. So we've talked about how humans interpret the mind, but as humans, how do we interact with something that we think has a mind and something that we think does not have a mind? So probably the most important way is whether we give something moral standing. So when something has a mind, I try to protect it. I worry about hurting it. When something doesn't have a mind, I don't care about those things. I can throw it out. I can treat it however I want. It's a bit far away from robots, but debates about slavery, for instance, hinged upon whether other people of other races have the same kind of mind that you or I might have, right? And so minds are really about kind of moral treatment. We've been talking a lot about how humans perceive mind and how we apply that to robots and the way that we interact with them. But what about the way that robots look? How does that change the way that we interact with them? I mean, robots aren't the beep-boop-beep-boop flashing lights that they were decades ago. These are complex machines that can talk to us, answer questions, solve big problems, and some of them even look realistic. Some of them can actually look like humans. Are people going to perceive robots differently if they look like a human as opposed to if they actually look like a stereotypical robot? Absolutely. And again, I think it comes down to mind. So if a robot is like metallic and just goes beep bop boop and has some flashing lights, it's clear to you that that is not a human. It does not have a mind. But now robots that have realistic skin and especially realistic eyes, then you think, well, is there someone home in there? Is there someone in there who's thinking about me? And that's what's kind of creepy. A few years ago, I went to MIT's Media Lab and they have some pretty sophisticated robots. They have one that looks like an Ewok. And you kind of walk in and you see it and it's on the computers and they have it so it's kind of breathing, right? So it's, it's looking at you and its camera eyes are focused on you and you can see your face on a bank of monitors behind it. And I was creeped out, right? Because not only is there a robot here, but it's actually looking at me and I can see its mind behind it. It was really weird. Based on a lot of the criteria that we talked about before, I can safely guess that a robot does not have a mind yet. But there's a chance that if it looks like a human, I'm still going to interact with it like it's a human. Certainly. So you're more likely to apply these kind of human scripts. So you're kind of nicer to it. You're polite to it, right? If you think of people yelling at computer agents, right, on the phone, people are real nasty. But when it has a human face, you have all these like human expectations. It's also hard to harm it, as we talked about. So there's one study in New Zealand. I just love it. They have a human-like robot. And the researcher says, can you please turn off the robot? Just shut it down, pull out its battery. And as the person approaches the robot, it starts to beg for its life. It says, please don't turn me off. Please, I'll do anything. Don't turn me off. And the experimenter just says, it's just a robot. Just turn it off. And these people are like, I don't know what to do, right? There's a robot. It's begging for its life. And so certainly a human-like robot makes it harder to harm it. How long have psychologists been studying how humans interact with robots? This seems like a pretty new age problem. So there's work probably stretching back 45 years about how when robots become more human-like, they get creepier. Most of it was done in Japan. because They're at the kind of vanguard of human-like creepy robots. But I think it's going to become a lot more pressing these days as people are more likely to interact with robots in their workplace, perhaps on the battlefield. So are human interactions with robots going to get less creepy moving forward? Or is it always going to be an unnerving thing for a lot of people? I think it will become less creepy as we just kind of get used to it. So we used to think it was crazy that a robot could play chess 
and now we think no big deal. Now robot can win Jeopardy and Go, right? All these things, and we just kind of get used to it. And so I think over time as we're exposed to robots that can feel, right, we'll get we'll get more used to it. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. Check back to unc.edu next week for another episode of Well Said or subscribe on iTunes or Android.